Thank you for being a friend. Oh, yeah. Travel down the road and back again. Hey, so we started from the bottom. Your heart yeah. is true. Ooh, yeah. You're a pal and a confidant. Right and if you threw a party, you invited everybody. You invited everyone you knew. No, 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 no. You would say the biggest, the biggest gift would be biggest. for me. And the card attached would say, thank, thank you for, for being a friend. friend. Oh, oh. Welcome to Sup Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with Sup Media Reviews. Home Slices, before we get into the review for today, I want to apologize in advance for the audio issues. I promise they don't happen very frequently, but my sister and I recorded this review and most of it was good, like 95% of it. And you know the old saying that goes like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And as weird as that adage is, that's what we had to do for this episode. So please forgive us for the audio issues. They don't happen very often. You can pretty much make out whatever we're saying in those moments. But I appreciate you for all of your patience and your kindness. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Sub Media Reviews. And thank you for being a friend. I'm Kiera, and I'm excited to review the 1985 to 1992 television series, The Golden Girls, featuring B. Arthur as Dorothy Spornak, Betty White as Rose Nyland, Rue McClanahan as Blanche Devereaux, and Estelle Getty as Sophia Petrillo. This show is a classic, but I'll admit I didn't watch the series until about six years ago, and I instantly fell in love with it. My sister, Catricia, aka Nini, however, has been falling asleep to this show for years and is a super fan, so I've invited her to review it with me today. Say hi, Nini. What's up, guys? Hello, hello. You may remember Nini from the review we did on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air back when I was just starting the podcast, but I'm super happy to have her here with me again. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of this review, here are a few fun facts about the Golden Girls. The idea for the show came from NBC executive Brandon Tartikoff. While he was visiting his elderly aunt one day, he saw how she and her next door neighbor, who was also her best friend, interacted. They would argue and bicker a lot, but they were still best friends and they loved each other. Tartikoff thought that this would make a great show. The show ended up garnering a total of 68 Emmy nominations, winning 11, and received a total of 21 Golden Globe nominations, winning four. The show also had three spinoffs, Golden Palace, which kind of bombed after about a season, Empty Nest, which was a huge hit that ran for many seasons, and Nurses, which ran for three seasons, sometimes being watched more by viewers than its mother series, Golden Girls, and Empty Nest. So I think Tartakoff was absolutely right. This show <laughs> was a major hit. 
and got a lot of awards as well. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. The second fun fact is that the actresses consumed over a hundred cheesecakes during the show's seven year run. Bakery. <laughs> that's a lot. Bakeries from around the USA would send in cheesecakes for them. B. Arthur actually hated cheesecake in real life. Nini, oh, wow. as a fellow lover of cheesecake, <laughs> how would you feel about eating a hundred of them over seven years? <laughs> Uh, hmm. you know, if it was like a little here and there, but depending on how much they make me eat, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It might be a little over it. Yeah. Yeah. In this third fun fact, Estella Getty, who played Sophia, underwent a facelift between the first and second seasons, much to the horror of the makeup crew who already had to go through great lengths to make Getty look older on camera. Now, due to Estelle Getty's intense stage fright, during Friday tapings, she would often freeze on camera. She was the least experienced actress of the four, and it intimidated her. She stated in a 1988 interview that working every week with talent like B. Arthur and Betty White scared her out of her wits. She felt like a fraud and worried that the fans would find out that she wasn't as good as her co-stars. Nene, does it surprise you that Estelle Getty experienced imposter syndrome? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) She seems like such a natural. I would have never known that. Right. Right. And I feel like a lot of people might classify Sophia as their favorite. So I Mm -hmm. feel like a little shocked that she didn't really like lean into that power, Mm -hmm. you know. But I also relate to that, though, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people when I was singing in choir, people would never know that I had horrible, horrible, horrible stage fright. My body would tense up. You can hear it in my voice. You can see it in my face. I was terrified, scared to death. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely hear that. Well, I hope eventually she got, you know, past that because she, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely did really well on the show and everyone loves her. Mm -hmm. And in this final fun fact, Golden Girls was one of the few series of its era to include openly gay and lesbian characters. The pilot featured the girls' openly gay personal shelf, Coco. Blanche had an openly gay brother, Clayton, who appeared in two episodes, the second of which he introduced his boyfriend. One episode featured an old friend of Dorothy's who was a lesbian, and another episode dealt with the theme of the HIV and AIDS epidemic when Rose learned that she may have contracted the virus years before from a blood transfusion. I also want to point out that Sophia's son, Phil, is, while he's never pictured in the show, is depicted as a crossdresser. So Mm -hmm. the series has like a really strong following among the LGBTQIA plus community, which I think is very cool for it to be like a late 80s, early 90s Mm -hmm. show. It's like in that way ahead of its time. Okay. If you want to check out The Golden Girls, you can watch it on Hulu as of the recording of this episode. So this is the point where we start to talk about our personal connections. Nini, can you tell me about your personal connection to the show? (laughs) Why do you love it so much? I feel like it's such a spunky show. You get a little bit of everybody in each character. And it always kept me laughing. I cannot think of one episode. And I am, and you know, a faithful, faithful, faithful watcher of Golden Girls. I would even put it on as I went to sleep <laughs> and just let it play in the background. I always laugh. There's not one episode I don't think I've ever not laughed at. You know, Dorothy would say things or like they would like compare certain people. And I didn't know who the heck they were. I would look mm-hmm. up some things. Like if Sophia was saying Dorothy looked like somebody, I looked up and just crack up laughing, <laughs> even though I didn't know who that person was. But it, it's mm-hmm. just such a funny and like lighthearted show. I love it. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned earlier, I didn't really get into the show until about six years ago when I decided to watch it from beginning to end. And right away, I recognized that this show was really ahead of its time and Mm -hmm. that it was a huge part of popular culture. There were a lot of references that I didn't get or understand until I Mm -hmm. watched the show. And it was super funny. It was so funny to me. It was really great. 
personally, I felt the strongest connection to Dorothy's character. I, I really, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed her dry humor, how smart she was, and how she was like easily annoyed and would like just go off on <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> that was just very mm-hmm. funny to me. But she also had this silly side to her that was just kind of ridiculous too. <laughs> I like that all the ladies had their different personalities and that mm-hmm. they were all really going through like the same stuff a regular person goes through. They're just older, right? Like at mm-hmm. a more advanced age. And they were still human. Like, they always got into trouble. Like, they were into a lot of shenanigans. Mm -hmm. It was really fun to watch. They dealt with real life issues. They were dating. Mm -hmm. They were dealing with health issues, with family stuff. You know, job stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. career stuff. It was really relatable. And so I like that these four older women were depicted as sexual beings with the same needs as Mm -hmm. everyone else. We often don't like to think of older people as needing to date and still wanting to be desirable. So I really like that as well. They were bold, including depictions of the queer community and addressing relevant societal issues. So like I said, this show really was ahead of its Mm -hmm. time and it was really groundbreaking. And I love that these four older women were the focus because I feel Mm -hmm. like too often I hear people say things like women aren't funny or, you know, how we can discard the experiences of older people. And this show is proof that older women are hilarious. They can be engaging and they are, Mm -hmm. you know, humans just like everybody else. And also the theme song, like how great is the theme song? I know, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So yeah, what's not to love about the show? The show is great. Well, I am super excited to dive into the Golden Girls. So first we're going to do a quick overview of the show and the main characters. And then we'll do a deep dive into two of the most like iconic episodes, at, at least for me. All right, The Golden Girls is the story of four older women who share a house in Miami Beach, Florida. In the show, we get to see these ladies navigate aging, romantic relationships, dealing with their adult children, finances, and more. So let's take a look at the leading ladies one by one. First up, we have Dorothy Spornak, who's played by B. Arthur. She's a super smart substitute teacher with an attitude that can be described as sarcastic, fierce, and no nonsense. Dorothy moved to Florida after divorcing her longtime husband, Stan, when he ran off with the stewardess. Dorothy kind of acts as the leader of the group and is often the person who is the voice of reason and who points out injustices and hypocrisy. Dorothy and her mother, Sophia, are renting rooms in Blanche's house along with Rose. Um, A big part of Dorothy's story is interacting with her aging mother, Sophia, who she frequently threatens to send back to the nursing home. (laughs) (laughs) Dorothy is very funny. She has a short temper. She has really good facial expressions and she sometimes get into trouble by having a negative or overly eager attitude and she requires her friends to help get her out of those situations. Dorothy is my favorite. Nini, what's your opinion of Dorothy? I love Dorothy's dry humor. (laughs) I do feel like she's definitely the leader of the pack and the strong influence and I feel like she is, aside from Sophia, the glue that keeps them together. Yeah, I agree with that too. Next up, we have Blanche Devereaux, who is played by Rue McClanahan. She is a sex-crazed, spicy Southern belle who is the landlady and friend of all the other main characters on the show. Blanche is a widow who has a great Southern accent, good fashion sense, and often tells tales of her fast exploits from her younger years. Now, (laughs) while we might view her as just a horny, insatiable old lady, Blanche actually represents sexual liberation in a way that's like super advanced given the time period and given in her age in this show. So Blanche for me is actually my least favorite character of the four, but she does have some redeeming qualities. She's smart. She can throw a great party. She always looks really good. And she has some good moral standards, like not dating married men. What do you think about Blanche? Freaking love Blanche. (laughs) (laughs) 
she's probably like my absolute favorite person on the show. Just like her style, her even her jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I just love everything about herself. I I can agree with that. She is like very sex positive in a way that I'm like, it's mm-hmm. crazy that she's like that given. It's so confident. Right. Yeah. <laughs> given her, her age and the time period of the show. It's, it's mm-hmm. quite amazing to me. And she really does not care what people think. Like. Right. Yeah. I like that about her. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, next up, we have Rose Nyland, who's played by Betty White. She's an innocent, kind-hearted simpleton from St. Olaf, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> she is simpleton. another widow who is renting a room in Blanche's home. She's really cheerful all the time and is all too happy to tell ridiculous stories about her hometown, much to the chagrin of her housemates. <laughs> she loves animals. She's a good cook. And she has a number of useful and unusual skills that help the ladies get out of trouble from time to time. One of the fun- Funniest things about Rose is the moments where she reveals surprising things about herself, like how many boyfriends she had before she got married, or when she insults the other ladies in a way that's in direct opposition to her kind nature. Despite being a little dim-witted, she's a good friend and can be pretty wise at times. One of my favorite moments was when she called Blanche like an oversexed bitch. Do you remember? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember she told Blanche, you're just horny all the time. (laughs) So, yeah, some of those or how, like, actually two men have died in the middle of having sex with Rose. Like, those types of things about Rose are really hilarious to me. What are your thoughts about Rose? Yeah, I just felt like (laughs) Rose is this mysterious character. It's like, you got Rose all figured out and then, bam, like, she says something or does something to throw you off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what? And what are these words you're using from saying all of Yes. Gerfrugenagen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yes. Yeah, Rose is very funny to me. At last, we have Sophia Petrillo, who's played by Estelle Getty. She's the oldest lady in the house and is the wisecracking, unfiltered mom of Dorothy. Sophia suffered a stroke and was placed in a nursing home called Shady Pines until it caught fire and she came to move in with the rest of the ladies. She spends her time being devious, insulting her housemates, and trying some get-rich-quick schemes which i think is hilarious (laughs) she gets into quite a bit of trouble and is routinely threatened to be returned to shady pines she's an excellent cook a great storyteller picture it sicily 1932 yeah and it's 22 yeah yeah and she always (laughs) speaks her mind i think lots of people enjoy sophia and her unfiltered humor the most what are your thoughts on sophia she's the funniest character ever yeah this show would do okay without her, but it wouldn't be amazing without her at all. Yeah. She is the show. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like so little and spunky. Yeah. And yeah, she was actually younger than B. Arthur. Mm-hmm. And I found out when I was doing research that she wasn't a part of the like original cast. They were going to do the three mm. ladies and their gay chef. But then when they added Sophia, they decided to get rid of the chef. And so Sophia kind of rounded out the show. So yeah, so there's a number of recurring characters on the show, but the most notable is Stanley Sporznak, <laughs> Dorothy's <laughs> ex-husband and certified idiot. He kind of yep. embodies the attitude of a lot of men from that generation who traded in their long-suffering wives for newer models. I, for one, was very sick of seeing Stan. Like, he oh annoyed me so much. But the insults that get thrown at him are some of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> 
all the time. Yes. So, yeah, he was annoying. I was just thinking about the time that episode where, like, Dorothy and Blanche go on the date with the twin brothers. Mm -hmm. And Stanley comes over and, like, you know, pretty much says he's ill and, you know, and all that. And when he comes to the door, he's like, hi, it's me, Stan. Which I hate, by the way, because every single time they open the door, they know it's you, idiot. He was like, hi, it's me, Stan. And then then Blanche goes, oh, that's Stan, Dorothy's ex-husband, biggest loser you ever meet. Good evening, Stan. Well, not niggas will you ever meet. <laughs> yes. In the toupee, my yes. gosh. He's just, he's just awful. He just really was not a good person to Dorothy. And they go through a lot of a lot of stuff throughout this show. I'm happy that mm-hmm. she moved on. <laughs> yes. Same. Yeah. But the kind of main conflict of the story is that there are these friends who are older. They live together to navigate their lives and careers and relationships through good, bad and crazy times. So today we're going to dive into two episodes that I love and I think kind of demonstrate the overall spirit of the show. So let's get into it. Okay, so the first episode we're going to dive into is from season two, episode two called Ladies of the Evening. I picked this episode because it demonstrates some of the antics the ladies get themselves into, as well as Sophia's kind of devious side. So let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. The episode starts out with the ladies getting the house inspected by an exterminator. Turns out they have silverfish, termites, and cockroaches. Blanche comes in excited because she won tickets to the premiere of a Burt Reynolds movie, as well as passes to the after party that he's going to host. And the ladies freak out with excitement, but there are only three tickets and Sophia is left out. The other ladies are unwilling to give up their tickets to see Burt Reynolds. What do you think about this, Nini? Were they unreasonable to not let Sophia join? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like it was one of those things where Blanche says, it's me and my two best mm-hmm. friends. And, you know, Sophia is, even though they're housemates, she does not really fall into mm-hmm. that category. I thought, you know, she's going to be hurt because everybody loves Burt Reynolds. Yes. But it's just tough. But the thing is, I do remember Blanche saying that she did try to get a fourth ticket. So at least she did try. Yes. <laughs> yes. But Sophia is very pouty about it. And <laughs> one thing I will say is that they were a little bit mean about it when Dorothy was like, oh, she'll get over it. And even if she doesn't, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Right. And she was already mad because she said that they had already left her out of some other show like before that. (laughs) So yeah, Sophia is the odd one out, apparently. Let's talk about Dorothy's scream, though. It really irritates me. She's like, "Ah!" (laughs) like her excited scream. Dorothy has one of the deepest voices that I have ever heard. I had a great aunt, Aunt Cynthia, who had like a deep voice and like New York accent like that. But yeah, she just has this deep voice. She's very tall. And they make a lot of jokes about her being a little manly or unattractive. <laughs> but I think Dorothy is so pretty. I don't <laughs> she does have these long, the long bony feet that Blanche was always talking about. <laughs> and then Sophia would be talking about her too. They are crazy. Yes, they absolutely are. But because of the insects they have in the house, the ladies have to move out for two days while the house is being fumigated so they're like let's make a weekend out of this Burt Reynolds thing and spend the night in a nice Miami Beach hotel and of course the ladies don't really have a lot of money which is a recurring theme in this show Mm-hmm. But Blanche decides to go out and find a hotel that they can stay in for two days. Girl, can you, when she said, I'm going to find a hotel that we can stay in, I was like, thank the Lord for Google. Like, do would people uh-huh. actually have to drive around to check out hotels? <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Or I don't know. Maybe they used the phone book and called for rates. I have no idea. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't know how that works. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she did, Well, clearly she did it by foot. What did she say? She said she chose one that was affordable, one that was close to the beach, and the one that had the most men, men in the lobby. lobby. <laughs> yes. Yes. Big mistake. Okay. So she was on foot, I guess. Yes, apparently. <laughs> so they're at the hotel and Sophia is with them because she can't stay in the house while it's being fumigated. But at the hotel, Sophia is really upset. She's whining. She's pretending to be sick. But the ladies do not care. These women are so excited to see Burt Reynolds. They do not care about Sophia. And Blanche ends up telling this idiotic story about sleeping with the president of commerce who was run over by a bunch of cyclists. I was like, this is a stupid story. Right. Like, what? He wanted me to be his first lady, but he died two days later. I was like, girl. What's her name? Dorothy was like, Nixon? <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then she called Nixon like a, basically like a Ken doll that all, oh, only yeah. had the lumps where <laughs> things were supposed to be. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Which That's is pretty hilarious. funny. But next thing we know, Betty White comes in to tell them all who's supposed to be at the party. Apparently the party is was written up in the paper. And I was like, I don't recognize none of these names. I actually had to Google mm-hmm. these people. And a joke became really apparent <laughs> when I looked them up. So she says there's Dom DeLuise, who was a famous actor at the time. Lonnie Anderson, who is a woman who was actually Burt Reynolds' wife at the time. Charles Nelson Riley. And so the women are all like really excited as the names are going on. But when they get Mm -hmm. to Charles Nelson Riley, they don't cheer at all. And I was like, I don't understand why. I looked Mm -hmm. Charles Nelson Riley up and I actually recognized him as a guy who was on a really famous game show. But he was obviously gay. And I remember mm-hmm. watching the show with him on it, that game oh, show. And I was like, okay, they're not cheering because they're not interested in him. He's gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and I was like, oh, that's actually really funny. And then they also mentioned John Forsyth, who's actually apparently the main character from Dynasty, which is a very popular show. So that's one of the things about this show. If you're in the same kind of generation of millennials, there will be a lot of kind of jokes that go mm-hmm. over your head. But the show is still really great. But Mm -hmm. they're all excited by the hot, age-appropriate people who are going to be at this party. And so (laughs) suddenly Rose gets a call at the hotel claiming she won Publishers Clearinghouse with instructions for her to leave her ticket to Burt Reynolds on (laughs) the hotel dresser. (laughs) And Dorothy is like, Ma, get out the phone. (laughs) (laughs) And Rose is like, I think this is Sophia. Yes. Like, yeah. And then she stays on the phone. Like, yes, Rose. (laughs) Being slow, right. (laughs) (laughs) in this next scene we actually see a sleazy hotel employee who's renting out hotel rooms to men who want to spend time with ladies of the night so this explains why the hotel was so affordable it's actually kind of a front Mm -hmm. for prostitution a little bit and so the ladies are obviously not aware of this and this is where blanche reveals why she chose this particular hotel because there were so many men in the lobby and Dorothy is like, let's go. Let's go see Burt Reynolds. But Blanche wants to go have a drink at like the hotel bar. And so mm-hmm. when they get over there, a man comes over to flirt with them with two of his friends. And the men joke about Rose knowing a lot of Johns. And it's like, mm-hmm. we recognize that these men are freaks and like a little bit drunk. And the misunderstanding mm-hmm. is hilarious because they start asking questions and the ladies don't know what the men are getting at. And he's like, well, how right. many years have you been working? And they're like, oh, she's been working 30 years. She's a fantastic teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and the men are like getting excited by this and the ladies just really don't understand it. But eventually the women figure out that the men thought that they were prostitutes. 
And unfortunately, before they have a chance to get out of there, the hotel ends up being raided and everyone in there is under arrest. And Rose starts freaking out about going to jail. And she does this quick fantasy about like, I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> Everyone's going to taunt me. I'm going to have to escape in the laundry basket. I'm going to be chased down to the Louisiana Bayou before I'm shot to death by a police officer. <laughs> like she <laughs> goes through this long story in her mind. But Dorothy is like, I just got to talk to the officer and explain everything. And so when she's asking if she can leave, Blanche calls the young hookers trash, which I thought was hilarious. It's her freaking hilarious, yes. dude. She's like, quiet, you trash. Her insults are like mixed with her accent is golden. Is. <laughs> but the officer is not having it. And it's weird because the more the ladies protest, the less believable they seem. Exactly. Which yeah. sucks for them. It does. It does. <laughs> and so the ladies who are supposed to be having this fantastic, you know, night out are actually going to be going to jail instead. They end up getting booked into jail. Rose is worried that St. Olaf will find out about her going to jail from her hometown newspaper. Blanche tries to flirt with an officer, but it ends up being a woman. And then Rose <laughs> confronts Blanche about being so horny and that that's what got them into this trouble in the first place. Mm-hmm. And Blanche insults the other hookers by calling them common street trash. And then the black <laughs> prostitute jumps up to fight. And I'm like, why does it have to be the black one? Any of them could have jumped up to fight Blanche. So Dorothy steps in and she claims to have been in Attica, a men's prison, and the young lady starts to back off. And she's like, I work in the public school system. It's basically the same. (laughs) (laughs) And then Rose jumps into a story about a great disappointment that she had because she wanted to be the so-called butter queen. Mm -hmm. The ladies of the night are actually enthralled in this story. And Rose's churn ends up getting jammed during the Butter Queen pageant and she lost. Come to find out there was some tampering with the Butter Churns. (laughs) This is another stupid Olaf story. story. Yes. Right. It's freaking hilarious. But Dorothy puts Rose in timeout for telling such a stupid story. (laughs) Basically. So... A girl from a neighboring town called St. Gustav talks to Rose and Rose is all like, you're not happy with your life. If you want to talk to somebody, you know, let me know. And the, the prostitute is like, oh, I don't need a lecture, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is very interesting because the show is pretty sex positive when it comes to Blanche. But when it's these young prostitutes, not so much. So I think that's mm-hmm. like an interesting contrast. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I never thought about it, but it's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit weird. But anyways, Sophia ends up showing up and she makes fun of the cops for thinking that men would pay to have sex with these ladies, which is hilarious. Yeah, right. That was so funny. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the ladies are really happy to see her. They think they can salvage their night. But Sophia basically demands that one of the tickets needs to go to her since she's there bailing them out. <laughs> I love how she acts. It. So uh, which one of you are not going? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> questions that need answers (laughs) right at this point Sophia has the upper hand and she's like one of y'all need to give up your spot so I can meet Burt Reynolds and none of the ladies are willing to do so Mm-hmm. So Sophia snatches the tickets <laughs> away right, from Blanche and, and leaves them in jail. And when mm-hmm. they're like, I can't believe you'll do this to your own blood. And she's like, you'll get over it. And if you don't, who cares? Yeah, if you don't, who cares? I'm going to see Burt Right, right. <laughs> Using their own words against mm-hmm. them. So we flip over. And it's the next day and the ladies are back home listening to Sophia gloat about how popular she was Mm -hmm. at the party and all the celebrities that she met. And we find out that she actually sent the bail money an hour after she left. So the ladies did get out of jail fairly quickly, but they couldn't make it to the party. The ladies are pissed off. Nini, do you think the ladies (laughs) deserve this? 
uh, I don't know. It's just, it's tough to say that they deserved it. Right. I do feel like somebody other than Blanche, I feel like it should have been a tie between Dorothy and Rose to maybe do some type of paper, rock, scissors to let Sophia go. Mm-hmm. You know, I do feel like that that should have happened since she came to bail them out. But hey, I, I ain't really mad at Sophia either. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't necessarily think the ladies deserve this. But yeah, <laughs> Sophia is a little devious. And she did end up getting to do what she wanted to do, which was kind of cool. <laughs> but they think that she's making up all these stories to kind of rub it in their faces. And Sophia insults Dorothy. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's like, you know, jealousy is ugly. And especially... You know, Dorothy. She said, so are you, Dorothy, and anything right. backless. Right, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, why, why are you talking to your daughter like this? <laughs> You're talking about her ears, everything. Yes, right. Well, just then the doorbell rings, and it's the young lady of the night from St. Gustav who's coming to Man. visit Rose, mm-hmm. saying that she's heading back home so she doesn't end up like an old whore like Rose. <laughs> and Rose is like, I don't even know what I said to you, but mm-hmm. I've never felt so like good and cheap at the same time (laughs) (laughs) but then the doorbell rings again and this time it's burt reynolds time for burt reynolds mustache and the ladies are (laughs) stunned sophia and burt end up going out to lunch and when burt is like oh these are your housemates like which one's the slut they all raise their hands (laughs) (laughs) and sophia leaves to go on a date with burt reynolds and the episode ends this episode is really funny and kind of iconic to me burt reynolds was like a huge star at that time and him being a guest star in the second season of the show is like a real testament to how successful the show was we Mm -hmm. get to see how Blanche's horniness is biting her and the rest of the group in the butt and the ridiculous <laughs> accusation that they're prostitutes. And we get to see Sophia being like the little devious little gnome that she is. <laughs> <laughs> Nini, what's your favorite part of this episode? My favorite part is when Bert shows up because I think it's just so cool that they all think Sophia is lying and she's mm-hmm. telling this crazy story and they know that she went but they're thinking oh like you know she was probably there but didn't see anybody and then he pops up to take her to lunch like that's freaking nuts. That's my absolute favorite part of the show. Yeah, yeah. I think this episode is like a fantastic demonstration that shows like this type of shenanigans they get into. Yeah, just how everything can change so quickly too. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about this next episode. The final episode we're diving into is season three, episode 11, called Three on a Couch. Now, one of my favorite things about the Golden Girls is that they do a good job of reminiscing on previous episodes. And that's why I chose this one. It shows a little bit of the ladies' history together and we get to relive the hilarity with them. It's really fun. So let's get into it. Now, the episode opens with the four ladies entering a psychologist's office for a group therapy appointment. Apparently, it was Rose's idea. They're visiting Dr. Ashley because they're having problems at home. They seem to be arguing a lot. It's over petty stuff, really, while they're in the office. We find out that Sophia doesn't really buy into psychology. And Blanche introduces herself as a double-jointed 41-year-old who's 108 Mm -hmm. pounds. And I'm like, everything about that is probably a lie. I don't know about the (laughs) double-jointed part. But 41... And yeah, but um, when they start their introductions with the psychologist, they're already arguing, they're getting on each other's nerves, they're blaming each other. And the psychologist asks for an example of how uh, selfish Blanche is when Dorothy brings it up. So Dorothy starts to tell the story and we get a flashback. Dorothy and Blanche were supposed to go on a double date with Mike and Larry, but Dorothy has a fever. And of course, she's not feeling well. She's like, I can't do this. Blanche is being really inconsiderate. She's insulting Dorothy's looks. 
And she really just cannot conceive canceling this date. And when Blanche, (laughs) this joke I actually got, when Blanche tries to will Dorothy into wellness, Sophia comes in and calls Blanche Tammy Baker with all the makeup that she has on. Do you get that reference? I don't know who that is. Do you remember back in the day when there was a religious show where it, they had like a, a little kind of chunky lady who wore a whole oh, bunch of makeup? Oh, I see. Your American evangelist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got that joke. I thought that was very funny. That's funny. She also insults Blanche's body saying she had a spare tire because she met her mm. date at a gas station. And she ends up bringing Dorothy her fourth alcoholic hot toddy, which basically causes Dorothy to pass out. And it's like, okay, the first one had whiskey in it. And then the last ones had vodka in it. And then (laughs) the other one was basically a cocktail. She's just serving her Mm -hmm. alcoholic beverages at this point. So come to find out Dorothy's date was actually fresh out of prison. And she spent the night trying (laughs) to avoid being groped by him. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And so... (laughs) You're going back to jail, sir. (laughs) Yes. Blanche just really did not care about Dorothy in that moment. And so we flip back to the psychiatrist's office where everyone starts saying, shut up, Rose, as she's kind of <laughs> chiming in. And Rose starts babbling, and even the doctor tells her to shut up. Shut up, Rose. Yes. And then the ladies start exchanging insults. Like, I think Blanche <laughs> calls Rose an airhead. And then Rose calls Blanche a barbell. And then Dorothy <laughs> says to Rose, it's dumbbell, you twit. <laughs> I'm just really arguing with each other and insulting each other. But the doctor wants a story to demonstrate how Rose's stupidity causes problems in the house. And so Sophia tells a story about how Dorothy was trying to get an ad in the newspaper when she was looking for a part-time job. I actually remember this episode and she asked Mm -hmm. Rose to put the ad in the classified section of the newspaper. But in the flashback, we see a man coming to the door responding to the ad, which apparently read willing to do anything, $8 an hour, no job too big or small. Now this creep says that he's Toto and she's Dorothy (laughs) and that he's like waiting for his camera to come back to the shop. And she doesn't understand what's going on. And when Rose finally finds the ad in the newspaper, it's in the personal section right under another creepy ad. So Dorothy kicks Mm -hmm. the freak out. (laughs) she kicks that (laughs) freaky man out of her house and a priest walks up and Dorothy thinks that he's responding to the ad and she calls him a pervert even though he's only there to pick up canned goods from from Sophia so awkward Sophia's like hi Father Ralphie you're the canned goods for the meanie (laughs) and here Dorothy didn't threaten to call the cops on the man (laughs) and Dorothy was like oh my gosh like I'm so sorry like I'm gonna say Hail Mary's until Madonna has a hit movie it was like oh you know Madonna out here catching strays (laughs) right well another Mm -hmm. man responds to the ad offers eight dollars when he thinks the ad was for Rose but when he finds out that it's Dorothy's ad he turns to her and only offers her four (laughs) dollars and then he ponies up the other four dollars when she offers to kick his butt up and down the street (laughs) little weirdo (laughs) so when blanche gets home she sees a busload of greek soldiers out front asking how many drachmas are in eight (laughs) dollars and girl can you imagine anything scarier than putting your address in the newspaper no that's crazy and, right. and this is like a side note, but I think I was watching Judge Mathis or something and a lady was suing somebody for putting like all of her information on Craigslist and pretty much doing like the same thing Rose did. And it was like, this lady will do X, Y, Z for like five bucks. Here's her address. And like, mind you, like she had kids and men. She had a video camera in her, up, like the outside of her house mm-hmm. showing men showing up to her home every hour of the night. And she had to keep house girl. Crazy scary. 
Girl, that is nuts. There was a a story I read about a woman who wanted a couple who had moved into a house to move out. And she had sent them letters asking, like, can I have this house? And they're like, no, like, we live here. Uh (laughs) And she did something like that where she said that the wife at the house was like a freak who had fantasies about men breaking in and like attacking her. And I think a couple men showed up and it took them a while to find out who was doing it. And she ended up, of course, getting charges and stuff. And I'm like, that is so scary. I can't imagine putting my information in a classified section for people to show up at my house. It's crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So back at the psych office, Rose calls Blanche some Scandinavian word for when dog poop turns white. Hilarious. Yeah. When I first heard that and when I first saw that episode, I laughed for like 10 minutes. (laughs) That was very funny mm-hmm. to me. And this is what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. even though Who thinks she, of that? <laughs> right. Even though she's ditzy, that's like a really clever insult. Right. Yes. And then she tells Dorothy to blow it out her turban burbles, which mm-hmm. is, that was very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> and they start arguing again. And it's just so funny. They like, we hate those little words you say. <sighs> so funny. The doctor even <laughs> has to step in to stop them from arguing. And so they end up moving on to Dorothy. And so Rose and Blanche tell this story. And I was like, Girl, <laughs> Rose and Blanche, we go to the flashback and they hop in bed with Dorothy because they're scared of aliens. There's an illegal alien joke. And there's also a joke about Asian people eating dogs from Sophia. And I'm like, mm, that didn't age well. Right. <laughs> but right. apparently the ladies had rented the movie Alien and now they're too scared to sleep by themselves. And Sophia makes a joke about how Sigourney Weaver shouldn't go without makeup, which... I think it's a little funny, <laughs> even though I don't believe, you know, that. But Dorothy is actually studying for an exam for work and she keeps trying to kick the ladies out of her room. And finally, Sophia like kicks the ladies out and they leave her alone. So back at the office, the psychologist is like, what are y'all talking about? I don't see what's right. wrong with that the scenario. Right. <laughs> and then Blanche and Rose were like, uh, she always has herself together and she lords it over us. And like they hate how competent she is and how she throws it in their face. But Dorothy is like, I'm the one who helps keep us together. And I was like, they could have come up with a better story yeah, than that for right. Dorothy. Mm-hmm. They could have. Yeah. Because she just But came I guess up- they were trying to point to the fact that. I don't know. I do think they could have done that better. Yeah. Because Dorothy be messing up. Yeah, she does. <laughs> so, yeah. Sophia chimes in and says that she's the real glue of the friend group and she ends up solving all the problems without any real appreciation. So she starts to tell the story of a time when Rose came to her for advice on how to deal with the boss who made a pass at her. But the way Rose described it was more like sexual harassment and Mm non-consensual kissing. Making a pass is not the same as Mm -hmm. whatever Rose described. But in the flashback, Sophia starts to tell a story. Picture it, Sicily, 1922. But then (laughs) Blanche comes in asking for advice about seeing a man that she's involved with, with another woman. And so she gets back to the story. She says it was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. I thought that was (laughs) hilarious. Yes. Sophia. (laughs) Yes. And then Dorothy comes in needing advice too, but we don't know what she needs advice about. And so (laughs) Sophia is like, is everybody here? Like, (laughs) so I can tell this story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she proceeds with the story now that everybody is present. 
And in the story, a beautiful young lady is walking down a road or something when a yellow Rolls Royce pulls up. And it's like, that's not even germane to the story. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they were like, oh, who was in the Rolls Royce? It doesn't matter. It's not germane to the story. And she, they're right. like, why would you even say that? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But anyway, the lady in the story lost a pepperoni and she panics because her family doesn't have anything to eat. And so she runs and runs to a stream that has pepperoni swimming upstream. And they're like, what the heck are you talking about? How is that mm-hmm. even possible? And she says that some disgruntled man blew up a pepperoni plant or something and it was raining pepperoni in the area. And so mm-hmm. the young lady takes an armful of pepperonis back to her family. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know right. what this story is about. However, each of the ladies takes something different from the story. Rose mm-hmm. decides to tell her boss off to make a bad situation good. Blanche dumps her boyfriend because there's more pepperoni in the sea. And mm-hmm. Dorothy finally knows what she's eating for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this story is ridiculous, but at least they got something out of it. So back at the office, Sophia complains that she isn't being paid for her advice. So that's her <laughs> right. major complaint. And then the psychologist says something really interesting. And he's saying, you guys are just incompatible. You bring out the worst in each other. And I'm surprised y'all have been able to live together this long. And he suggests that they move out and go their separate ways. And their moods change real fast. What did you think about the psychologist's advice? I didn't agree with him because I feel like he gave a crazy permanent answer based off of like an hour worth of time with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're coming to you at a frustrated time and they're arguing and everything. But usually like when you continue to go, and I think Sophia made that point saying he was a quack because he would have like strung them along for more sessions instead of just making that crazy statement right then and there. Mm-hmm. So I did not agree with him at all for that. Yeah. For whatever reason, I kind of thought of it, and I could be totally wrong, and I'm okay with that, that it was like some reverse psychology, that it was like, y'all just don't get along, so move out. And you could see how, like, somber and, like, sad they were to hear him say that. And if it was reverse psychology, it was brilliant, like, to Mm -hmm. get them to understand, like, these little arguments are not as important as you think they are, and that your friendship Mm -hmm. is stronger than this. So. I can see that one, too. Yeah. But they are back home. Must be Mm -hmm. the same day. And the three ladies are sitting down and they're talking about moving out but still being friends. They're really kind of sad about it. But then Sophia Mm -hmm. comes in and kind of refuses to tell them what to do. But then she tells the story of the ladies in the house. Picture it. Miami. 1987 (laughs) and how they live laugh love and eat in the house and they eat and eat over and over again (laughs) and she's like you know we should all just keep living here and keep loving and eating together and so Mm -hmm. they all kind of resolve to stick around together even though they don't always get along they get a cheesecake while blanche gets the whipped cream and a polaroid camera from her bedroom (laughs) (laughs) and the show ends what do you think about this episode I liked it a lot. I like the coming together. I, I feel like even though they probably could have did something different with Dorothy, you get to see a little bit of everybody's personalities in this show from mm-hmm. the flashbacks and see what everybody is like super interested in. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, we get to explore kind of everyone's flaws, everyone's kind mm-hmm. of common gripes with each other, how much they hate Rose's stories and mm-hmm. how, you know, when there's a man involved, Blanche doesn't really care about anything else. Mm-hmm. and. Sophia, how she's always there to give crazy advice that sometimes doesn't make sense, but the ladies value. 
And Dorothy is kind of like a, a solid character with the most kind of level head. Mm-hmm. So we get to learn about all of the ladies in their personalities. I love a good look back episode. It also ends with their, you know, famous cheesecake. Yeah. So it helps us to remember the fun times they had together. And then we get an episode that's kind of packed with more laughs and stories. But I love how this particular episode shows how roommates can disagree and argue. But these ladies are not just roommates. They're friends. And their bond is really important. And it's a lot more important than their petty disagreements. So, yeah, I think it was great for us to be able to see this side of the ladies. Show your eyes. (laughs) No. (laughs) Show your eyes. Right, right. Well, I wish we had time to explore more episodes, but that's all we have time for today. Nini, do you have any other episodes that come to mind that like stick out as some of your favorites? I like the, I think it was like the family affair one when we meet Rose's daughter who ends up sleeping with Dorothy's son. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a good episode. Yeah. Because I like to explore Rose's family, like her dynamic. Mm -hmm. What else? I just love all of them from the beginning to the end when they were throwing Dorothy's daughter the wedding. And, you know, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Stan's like the turmoil in their relationship and then even fast forwarding to the episode of the one I mentioned earlier when they were supposed to go on a date with the twins and he ended up staying house, house. with them because she needed to take him to the doctor for surgery and all that and he starts going into all of the affairs that he had because he thinks that he's possibly gonna die from the surgery mm-hmm. and it just kind of like opens up the wounds for her it's just a bunch of craziness but I love all the episodes yeah I do too I think one of the more impactful episodes it wasn't really a funny one but the one Mm -hmm. where Dorothy was talking to her doctor about like some symptoms she had and being blown off by the doctor and needing to Mm -hmm. seek a second opinion I actually really Mm -hmm. like that episode it's particularly impactful as like a black person like a black woman and having Mm -hmm. to advocate for yourself in medical settings so Mm -hmm. i really like that episode but all of them are really funny there's an episode with george clooney where like the officers have to post up in their house because of their next oh yeah (laughs) it's like the stakeout yes yeah yeah Yeah. so i really like that crazy crazy ones with like baby the pig (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i like the flashback episodes too where they would show sophia and her husband Mm -hmm. i just felt like he was such a sweet gentleman he's just like a sweet guy i like him a lot i really like the person that they hired to play young dorothy like oh yeah i feel Mm -hmm. like they were really spot on and yeah that was perfect yeah and choosing that person Yeah. But yeah, at the end of every review, we ask if the show is worth a rewatch and if it holds up today. Nini, what are your thoughts? Definitely, definitely. I can't count how many times I've already watched them. So there's your answer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it holds up for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me, I agree. I think it's definitely worth the rewatch. And I feel like it mostly holds up today. In -hmm. some ways, the show remains a little dated. So like if you're my age or a millennial, there are some pop culture references that you may not get. Mm -hmm. Some differences in technology you may not understand or historical context, like Mm -hmm. politicians, things that were going on in history. But overall, the show is still pretty relatable and still very funny. These ladies are dealing with real life issues just at a more advanced age. And they're freaking hilarious while doing it. They all have different personalities, flaws, and life circumstances, but they manage to build a really wonderful relationship and friendship together. They get into a lot of shenanigans, they support each other, and the show tackles a ton of issues that are still really relevant today. So overall, I really 
really enjoy the show. And mm-hmm. it's great to just put on in the background if you want to laugh or if you want to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And all of the ladies have now since passed away, but they've left an amazing legacy of a women-led show that features women at a more advanced stage in life. But the show is a classic and you should definitely consider rewatching it. Now let's talk a little bit about the ratings. On Rotten Tomatoes, the average audience score for this show is 93%. Nini, what do you think about that? I think that's pretty good for today. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's excellent. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would you rate it? A hundred. <laughs> 100. Yeah, I really enjoy the show. I think the audience is pretty spot on with mm-hmm. their rating. I would probably give it about a 93% as well. I think if I was older and could understand more of the references, then I would probably give it about 100. Mm-hmm. But it's comedic gold. Yeah, sure. For sure. Yes. Well, that's all, Home Slices. Thanks so much for listening to our review of The Golden Girls featuring my sister, Nini. Did you rewatch The Golden Girls recently? Does this still hold up for you? We want to hear from you. Share your thoughts with us on social media, on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. I want to say a super special thanks to Nini for being here today to share her thoughts on one of her favorite shows. Say bye, Nini. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks, guys. Join us next week when I review the 1988 film Die Hard with a special guest. You don't want to miss it. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Sub Media Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Sub Media Reviews and on SubMediaReviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, Home Slices. Home Slices.